This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3139 for Thursday the 13th of August 2020. Today's show is entitled Midi Sisex. It is hosted by Klaatu and is about 21 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is Klaatu talks about Sisex functions in Midi. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. This is Klaatu, and you're listening to Hacker Public Radio, and in this episode I want to talk about SysX. SysX is a subsystem, maybe you would call it, or or maybe a language, I don't know, a specification, or actually it's part of the MIDI specification. MIDI, in case you are not familiar with it, is the musical instrument digital interface that arose for synthesizers back in probably the 80s, let's say. I'm, I'm kind of being fuzzy about the date because I don't know when the research actually started and so, and so on. But we, we could say the 80s, generally speaking. And the reason they came up with MIDI was not really for computers as such originally. It was, it was to hook com- uh, uh, synthesizers to one another. And so you, you would have, for instance, maybe you might, you might have a synthesizer doing a bass line. And you want that bass line to synchronize perfectly with the synthesizer playing the melody. And you want the melody to sync up perfectly with the drum line, and so on. So in order to make that happen, to ensure that there was no drift in the, the, the time of, of each note being triggered, they needed some way to coordinate that mechanically or or rather well yeah mechanically you don't want a person have at each keyboard having to play the part you want the keyboards to be able to be sequenced and to respond to a, a, a central authority for for both the notes that it's going to play and the tempo at which it's going to play those notes so midi came about as a way to daisy chain synthesizers together and it was a daisy chain you didn't have as far as i know like a y splitter or a a hub for MIDI routing. It wasn't like that. You would plug a MIDI cable, which is sort of a, a glorified XLR cable, if you've ever seen an XLR cable, big round plug. Plug that into the MIDI out of one of, of your controller device, whatever that might be. It might be a sequencer, it might be a sampler sequencer, it might be a just a dedicated, um, like a drum machine type thing, it's just just a sequencer. It could be the sequencer of a of a keyboard, of something that can also play notes. Whatever it is, plug that from your controlling device or from one synthesizer anyway to another to the MIDI input of another uh, synthesizer, and then you you have them synchronized. And you can even control the sounds coming out of that tethered device by switching to a different MIDI channel. So if you've got one controller and let's say 16 synthesizers then you can broadcast different sequences to each synthesizer. Plug each of those synthesizers into an audio mixing board and the output of their sound, or you mic them, the output of their, the sound that they are making can be recorded 
together all at once in perfect synchronization. That was MIDI. That was what MIDI made possible. And it did this with a relatively simple set of instructions. And if you go to MIDI.org, you can go to the MIDI Association and look at the specification for MIDI 1.0, 2.0, whatever you want to look at. You can see what kind of signals they send. You can analyze that as well in your own terminal if you want. You can plug in a MIDI controller, a MIDI USB controller, into your Linux computer and just do a, do, do a cat of slash dev slash MIDI whatever device number it is and pipe that to something like hex dump dash dash or, or dash capital C. I think it's dash dash canonical is what that stands for. Um, and you'll see all the output, the output of, of each note that you press on your USB controller. You'll see what kind of signals it's sending out. I don't know what good that'll do you, but I mean, you can, in other words, you can see that. And you can also look at the specification and kind of get a feel for what kind of data MIDI is sending across those little wires. Now, when MIDI got integrated or, or started to to be able to interface with modern computers, like with an operating system and, and so on. I mean, the, the term computer is getting a little bit difficult to nail down now or, or then because, I mean, you had these digital synths that were talking in MIDI to one another, sending ki all kinds of little signals. And it wasn't just notes that they would send. They would send velocity. They would send tempo changes. They would send volume cues, uh, all kinds of signals they could send to one another. So when they started hooking into modern computers, it, it started to get a little bit interesting because now we have the, the legacy MIDI system interfacing with really a system that's robust enough not to really require all of that legacy MIDI, MIDI stuff. But the point of this episode actually is to praise MIDI and to talk about how great it is that it exists and uh, what it gets us for our continued support. Namely, it gives us a universal language, a, a, non, a vendor non-exclusive language that we can use to talk between musical instruments uh, on the computer and controllers uh, in the physical world. So I've got this MIDI-Tech controller is the brand name. It's a really good uh, little controller. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. I think it's German made. It's it's metal. A lot of it is metal, which I really, really like. There are sideboards made out, out of plastic, which I keep thinking I should pry those off and replace them with some nice, really, some, some really nicely fine grain wood and polish the wood. I think that would just look absolutely amazing. Um, I just haven't, haven't gotten brave enough to pry this thing apart yet because I really do like it and I don't have that much confidence in my um, deconstruction or construction skills yet, but we might get there. Anyway, I've got this nice little controller. It hooks up through USB and MIDI. It's got both. It's got an, an actual MIDI out and an USB out. And the nice thing about it is that it just, you know, like many, like many MIDI controllers, it just works on Linux. There's no, you don't need to install drivers or anything like that. And this is kind of like that. I, I, you, you can kind of almost take for granted at this point. You know, you can just kind of assume that a MIDI controller, a USB MIDI controller is probably going to hook up to 
any computer and send MIDI signals across whatever cable it provides you. That is more or less a safe assumption. I mean, as safe as anything in this crazy, weird tech world where vendors up and decide to do strange things. You know, as, as, as much as that is a safe assumption at all, it's a relatively safe assumption uh, in general. The interesting thing is that in some cases, I gather, and I don't know, I can't confirm this, but in some cases, I'm assuming that sometimes the vendors provide drivers for a computer so that the computer knows, I guess, to look out for those MIDI signals, maybe. I'm not really sure. And possibly even to help you program the MIDI device. And that's where SysX comes in. This is going to be different depending on what kind of device you have because, again... Vendors kind of get to do whatever they want to do, so it's it can be difficult to to anticipate what they're going to uh, provide. But just kind of in general, um, there is a system within MIDI called SysX, which is System Exclusive Signals. Despite the name System Exclusive, that's not talking about like operating system or a vendor, or anything like that. It is system-exclusive, meaning that it is a segment of the MIDI specification that is reserved for the, the, the user to be able to program or to alter the program of their MIDI device. And this could be a number of different functions. I, I I'm, haven't had physical actual hardware devices in so long that I don't exactly remember all of the functions, but for instance, there is a SysX signal for dumping the memory of a device. So if you've got a bunch of custom patches uh, installed in um, a little triggering device and you want to dump that configuration, then you could do a SysX command to dump all of that information to to something. I, I, I don't exactly remember what it was to. You could change the velocity profile of what would happen when you pressed a key. Does the note come on strong and then fade out, or does it come on soft and then ramp up? That sort of thing. You, can, you could adjust that sort of thing through SysX. Not all USB MIDI devices have SysX accounted for. They should, if they're USB MIDI devices, then in order to fulfill the MIDI specification, they should have that range of SysX uh, signals that they can, uh, so so that you can tell it uh, what you want, what you want to do aside from producing notes. And that's again, that's kind of the the idea of SysX system exclusive, meaning these numbers. These signals are reserved for producing notes. These numbers, the 6x, 6x ones, those are reserved for other stuff, for system-related activities. Understood? Okay. So it'll it'll depend on what your controller says. Um, my MIDI tech makes it really pretty simple. You press the Shift key, which is a, a button on the the actual device. And I, I guess I'll try to post pictures of this. Um, 
along with the show. But you press the the shift key, and then you you're you're now escaped. You're in you're in command mode or whatever. You know, you're in the you're you're in sys x mode essentially. You could think of it maybe like the escape key in Vim. It kind of gets you out of normal input if normal input is producing notes, and it pl- places you into this floaty, detached kind of sysx mode where you're able to give your device some commands. So, for instance, we might say um, shift, and then we could say change the... Actually, here's one. Assign slider. And I'm looking above the the keys on my keyboard, on the musical keyboard. They're, they're, handy, they're handily labeled above them. And you'll see that this is pretty common on a lot of MIDI devices. You'll see the labels above the, the keys. So I'll assign the slider to uh, 7, and then I'll press Enter. The Shift key blinks lots of times and sets itself or, or, and records the, the command that I've just provided it. And so now my, assign, my, my slider, which is um, assignable, and it's even labeled assignable slider, now controls the volume of, of whatever I'm, uh, of the channel that it's currently broadcasting on. And that's very useful, as you can imagine. I could assign the slider to several other things too, and there are in the documentation for this. There's a there's a list of all of the standard MIDI controller signals that I could use as an assignable value for my my slider. So, for instance, I could assign it to a pan pots and pans um, with by 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 assigning the slider to 10, and then I would just press, okay, so shift to get into mode, uh, to the, the shift mode, the sysx mode, assign slider to 1, 0, enter, and now it adjusts pots and pans, which you won't hear, because I mixed down all of my HPR to, um, to mono, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't hear the difference, but you can believe me, that's what signal 10 in this um, in this sysx mode means. Now the um, the six the sysx modes themselves are standardized in the MIDI spec. So I would have to look up what they're using for for the assign assignable slider um, signal. But there are lots of sysx commands that are not, or the codes that are not assigned. They're they're not designated for anything, so vendors can use them for whatever they need to use them. But the control change codes are, in addition to being in the documentation for the device, they are also part of the MIDI spec, and you can find them on on MIDI.org. So you'll see things like Zero is a bank select code. Zero one is modulation wheel or lever. Two is breath controller. Three undefined. Four foot controller. Five portamento time, uh, and so on. Uh, there's seven is channel volume, formerly main volume, uh, and there's ten pan, and so on. So a lot of this is standardized, and then some of it is just whatever whatever applies to the vendor's um, use case. SysX also provides a method of defining what channel your device is actually broadcasting over. So uh, this 
doesn't come into play much with computers, with modern computers, because they're big and powerful, and they, they're emulating your, your synthesizer and the recording unit that you would use to record the synthesizer and the sequencer, and it's probably playing samples and your drum machine. You know, it's got all of that stuff going on, and it's not even it's not even breaking a sweat. So, of all things, routing a synth plug-in within a, a digital audio workstation application, you don't need MIDI channels for that, in truth. However, you you could you could use them. You you could have, for instance, one track in your digital audio workstation broadcasting MIDI channel one to uh, a specific synthesizer, and another track broadcasting over MIDI channel two to a synthesizer. Uh, and in real life, in in physical hardware space, you would you would have had your daisy chain of synthesizers, and you would have told you you would have played some notes into your controller, or rather into your sequencer. And you would have set that as MIDI channel one, and maybe you would have known, okay, well that's that's the Juno over there, and then uh, this one over here is the Korg over there, and that's on channel two, and and then I'll play channel three, and that'll trigger some stuff on the Alesis, and then on channel four that'll trigger some stuff on the Emu, and suddenly you have a little band going, but none of them are receiving each other's signals. So you've got channel one playing your bassline, channel two playing your melody. Channel 3 doing your drum track. But anyway, you get the idea. So you, you've got different channels that you can uh, you can sort of assign different devices to. In the computer, you don't really need to do that so much. But you can with SysX. And again, that would just be whatever trigger key to get into SysX. And then whatever musical note key to get to to select your channel. So in, in my case, it's E. And then there are numbers 1 through 0 uh, on, this, on this scale from, from G up to B, type in whatever channel I want to assign my controller or set my controller to, hit the enter key, and then I'm then I'm broadcasting over a different channel and not one. Now that would be if, if my computer wasn't listening to anything but one, that, that could be problematic for me. But if as long as I know what I'm doing, that would be fine. So that is um, more or less all I know about SysX. It's it's a really handy little built-in system. It is very useful for um, for, for the way that your controller behaves, especially if you are performing live and you don't want to be leaning over, you know, your laptop, adjusting a bunch of little settings just because you feel like the keyboard itself is too soft to the touch or, or too, too sensitive to the touch. And all you want to do is change the sensitivity, but you don't want to go in there to your synth and like adjust the sound that you're that you're making you don't want to have to fiddle with your the envelope and the attack and stuff like that so it's it's a it's a controller concern so you dip into sysx you tell it to change the velocity um curve you know the velocity curves that are built into your into your controller which i think this particular device has four different profiles yeah four different profiles one two three and four uh, there's a s curve and a, a, a sort of a converse and a convex and a completely linear curve and so you could set that and then suddenly you're you're sounding different or maybe you want to assign that slider to something something different or or you want to assign it to volume and it wasn't assigned before and there is even a um what's called the registration mode on this particular one as there is usually in sysx uh, you can basically save your data to something now this happens to have internal memory so that your settings can persist across unplugging and plugging it back in, you know, powering it off and powering it on, which is quite nice. So yeah, it's really useful. It, it, it makes your 
it makes your MIDI controller all that much more independent and self-standing, which I really like. It doesn't rely on the OS at all. You don't have to fiddle around with the GUIs and stuff like that. It's just all self-contained. And uh, if you use it a little bit, you'll get used to it and you'll, you'll grow to love it. So if you're doing a bunch of MIDI stuff and if you find yourself needing to customize your environment a little bit, look, look to see if your controller provides for the SysX signals and um, try them out. I think you'll like them. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.